Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 112. Hope you're doing good today. I'm going to be talking to you today about four reasons, four reasons that the church was unprepared for 2020. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. It's uh, it's always a joy for me to just sit here and talk and drink my coffee and look over notes and pray and just ask for your blessing. And I just do that right now. I ask for your blessing over this time of recording. And I just ask that you would help me and lead me as I'm talking about these four big reasons. And I know there's many, many more reasons uh, that uh, that we've been unprepared for and that 2020 is exposed about the church. And my goal, God, is to encourage and equip pastors and everybody that's listening to be strengthened, to, to, to grow up, to be who you're calling us to be, and to walk into 2021 more healthy than when we walked into 2020. And so just lead us. I trust that you're going to. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. I hope you're doing well today. Really do. We got some really neat things coming down the pipeline with the Shepherd's Crook. We actually have a surprise announcement that we'll be unpacking here pretty soon about a new podcast that's going to be rolling out in our network and and all of our shows are part of the Honor God Network that's associated with the Majesty's Men. Riley Voth has done such a great job with that and building the infrastructure for our show. And we have the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, which is my wife, Jordan's show, along with Lexi Sauvey. They co-host that and do a phenomenal job for ladies. And men, if your wives are not listening to that yet, we encourage you to send them over. And it's just a great show. They do a phenomenal job talking to pastors, wives, and women in general about being tightest to women, basically. Just being godly women, like Sarah, fearing nothing. And then we've got this new show that's going to be coming on, and it's going to be hosted at our site, be on the lookout. It's going to be a pretty bombshell announcement. I'm pretty excited about it. And, you know, bombshell in a good sort of way. But all right, well, let's go through these four big reasons. I posted about this last week on Facebook, and I wanted to formalize these points a little bit in my mind and then give them to you. And so these are somewhat related to each other, and we could expand on these as well. We could go ahead and really do a show on each one of these, and we could say probably 10 or 12 or 14 or 16 points about why the church has been unprepared for 2020 or what 2020 has exposed about the church and pastors in general. But these four kind of bubble to the surface in my mind, and so I'm going to talk about them, and you'll see how they are a little bit connected. But hopefully this will be helpful to you to think through some of the ways that maybe you were unprepared. And I mean, I certainly, these were true about me. So I'm not saying that every pastor out there was unprepared and I was the one that was prepared. These things were exposed in me as well to lesser and greater degrees. So number one, evangelicals creedly affirm the inerrancy and the authority of the Bible, but are embarrassed by actual verses. Oh man, where could we start? Well, we need to start where all liberalism starts. Liberalism always starts with embarrassment and then it always goes to gender issues. It always goes to gender. It's just always there. Evangelicals who affirm the authority of the scriptures and the sufficiency of scriptures in their statements of faith, but are embarrassed by actual verses. In my Bible reading this morning, I was in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. How many churches are embarrassed? This is just comes from my reading plan this morning. Are embarrassed by 1 Corinthians 14, and as in all the churches, the women should keep silent. Because of chapter 11, we find that there are women praying in the church. And so we've got to ask what kind of silence, but clearly there's a type of silence that's required in the New Testament from women. Now, here's the thing. Pastors hate that. I mean, churches that affirm the inerrancy and the authority of the Bible hate verses like that. And there are verses throughout the whole Bible that those who say they affirm the authority of the Bible avoid. Liberalism starts with embarrassment, and then it goes to flat-out questioning 
versus, well, does God really say? Did God really say? Do we really have to emphasize this? There's some passages that are more important than other passages. And pastor, I want to challenge you. As this ministry has developed into a pastor courage ministry, I've been challenging you to not be embarrassed by anything in the Bible. Don't let yourself get to the questioning point. Just don't be embarrassed. Whatever God says in his law, as you're reading through the Old Testament, that's good and right. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. Whatever God says in the New Testament, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Whether it be about hell, whether it be about gender issues, whether it be about sexuality or the evilness, the vileness of homosexuality, don't be embarrassed of it. For goodness sake, don't apologize for God. So one of the reasons we have been unprepared for 2020 is that the church, and I'm not talking about mainline denominations, I'm talking about evangelicals. I'm talking about in the Reformed tradition, have been affirming inerrancy, but embarrassed about actual verses. It's just the truth. Number two, a century of emphasizing missiology over ecclesiology. We could make this actually a little bit longer than a century. We could go a century and a half. We could go all the way back to the Second Great Awakening. But for so long, we have been consumed with evangelism and missiology and thinking about the lost, so much so that we have been steeped in evangelistic ideologies and have been malnourished in our understanding of ecclesiology so much so much so that we believe that Sunday mornings are just an experience and evangelicals believe that it's acceptable to watch church online that that's church that that's enough that there's actually an online assembly it's one thing for massive churches we're going to do online sermons for a couple weeks but there are actually churches a lot of them who believe that this is a viable option for people watching a service online quote-unquote, a service online, is acceptable. When we focus more on our obligations to the lost, we become malnourished in our understanding about the Lord's Day gathering, about what shepherds are even to do. In fact, we get a lot of people within churches that think it's good that pastors should be spending more time with lost people than they do with the sheep. We have people who actually have been catechized so much in this missiology culture, in the missiology world, that they think that pastors are supposed to be spending more time with unregenerate people than with regenerate people. And pastor, let me just speak to you here. You are to care for sheep. Shepherds are shepherds of sheep before we are friends with sinners. With all these factors, it has culminated to the point that we don't know the necessity of the Lord's Day gathering. We don't know what our obligations are to the sheep when it's just an experience, when we can just do this thing online, when I'm supposed to be just hanging out with sinners. So we have not been prepared for 2020. Number three, a misguided belief that Christian celebrity makes a bigger impact than the Christian family. How many times, church planner, have you heard about finding the people of influence in your community? you got to find those POIs. you got to find the people of influence. Who is going to be the culture shapers of your city and in your town? This started back in FCA when we were in high school, when you're in college, when you're in grade school, with the misguided belief that if, if there's going to be revival in the church, we got to get the quarterback of the football team. If he believes in Jesus, if he comes to that fifth quarter, if he loves Jesus and is telling everybody about Jesus, there's going to be a wildfire of revival breakout and everybody's going to know the Lord. And now you see how these points are somewhat related, has translated into the belief that family is unimportant and the people of influence in your community are more important. Here's where the rubber meets the road when it comes to corona and churches meeting or not meeting or violating these foolish orders or mandates from governors or not. I think there's a lot of pastors that are scared that people of influence are going to find out that they're trying to gather again. And so they're not gathering because they don't want the people of influence to know about it and drag their church name through the mud or be upset with them. And they're more okay with their Christian families staying at home, not gathering, 
when in reality, that's the epicenter of cultural change. Shepherd those families, those families, that dad, that mom, those children being raised in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord, connected to the Lord's Day gathering, understanding what it means to be a part of a local, vibrant body of Christ, and meeting together and not neglecting the assembly no matter what happens outside them. If we don't see the misguided emphasis on Christian celebrity and people of influence, we're going to continue to make the same mistakes and same errors, and we're going to continue to devalue the family, devalue fathers, devalue motherhood, devalue children being raised in a Christian home and connected to a local church. So don't buy the lie that the people of influence in your city are more important than dad and mom and kids in your church family. Four, we lacked a grasp of God's law and government. 2020 has turned a lot of people into general equity theonomists or full-blown theonomists. Why? Because we had no idea how the law of God worked in a good way in the government and throughout our government here in the United States. 2020 exposed that we had no understanding of the differences between a monarchy, a communist-ruled state, a socialistic state, or a constitutional republic state or collection of states. We were not prepared to understand our roles as citizens, as civilians in a society. The way we have functioned as the church is so much like subjects. We have functioned as people who are waiting to get our marching orders from our kings. And friends, that's not the kind of government we live in. We have to recognize that we are citizens and we, the people of the United States, elect representatives, not kings. And I am subjects of no man. Now, if we lived... In a communist rule, if we lived under a dictatorship or something like that, my obligations to the state and my obedience to Romans 13 would be uniquely different. But still, even under a communist rule, under a rule of a dictator, we still obey God rather than man, and we were not prepared to obey God rather than man this year. I can't tell you how many pastors I heard, pastors of large churches, that said we only disobey the government if they're asking us to not preach the gospel. And friends, that is just an absolute lie. Are you kidding me? They told men they couldn't provide for their families. And pastors were telling men that, yes, you should submit to that. And it was flat-out cowardice from pastors all across this land. When, When anybody tells a man to not provide for his family, that he can't provide for his family, that he can't go to work, and that he's unessential... We should look right back at him and say, we're going to obey God rather than man because 1 Timothy chapter 5 says, if I don't provide for my family, I'm worse than an unbeliever. So I don't care what the government says, I'm going to provide for my family. And we were unprepared for that. And so I want you to think through these things. How can we salvage 2020 in such a way that we grow in these four big areas? Let me state them again and then march into 2021 or march into this election election season more prepared to obey God rather than man. Number one, evangelicals creedly affirmed the inerrancy and the authority of the Bible, but were embarrassed by actual verses. Number two, we have a century or a century and a half of emphasizing missiology over ecclesiology. Number three, we had a misguided belief that Christian celebrity makes a larger impact on society than the Christian family. And four, we lacked a grasp of God's law and government. Hope this has been helpful. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.